You missed us, didn't you? Of course you did. So put away the tissue and get ready for the most unique insight in Formula One. With that, lights out. Welcome into another edition of the F1 Starting Grid. I am Brock Young. Chaz Day and the Mike Allen joining us. Before we go any further, please like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Former Racing and email us if you have any topic for us, theformerracing at gmail.com. We are a couple of weeks behind, but let's break down that British Grand Prix. Chaz, in your opinion, what did you think of it? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go winners and um, well. I'll, let's let's just start with the uh, the biggest winner of this uh, this Grand Prix. I think the there's a lot of winners. Um, it pains me to say uh, some of them, um, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I feel like I'm saying this every week now, but I, I would say one of the biggest winners of this past week was uh, was. Lando Norris and, and his McLaren. Um, big, big winner. Super duper happy for them. Um, obviously, I would say a big winner is uh, is Ferrari coming in at uh, in second. Um, and I actually think the third big winner of the British Grand Prix, I feel like it's kind of Williams. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like Yuki and, and, and that Alpha Tori made a case, but, you know, because they came in the points. But um, Williams coming in 12 is so impressive. I almost can't not acknowledge it. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw in another winner for you. And uh, right behind Lando Norris was Daniel Ricardo coming in fifth. Not a bad showing for him, too. Not a bad showing for him, too. How about you, Mike? Hey, I'm excited about Williams. They're making their way into the middle of the pack. Uh, you know, Russell making it into Q1, mm-hmm. starting in the top 10 on the grid. I mean, that's from from where he started at the beginning of the season. I knew it was going to happen. Uh, I'm glad I picked up the point for that. And uh, uh, I think I think the changes that were made in Williams with who, who's running that and, and the relationship and the engineers that they brought in, they're starting to improve the car, and you're seeing the improvement. Uh you know, getting into 12th. And he was actually, if you look at it, he was only, he was only three seconds out of the top 10. He's only behind by three seconds. So, sorry, man, I'm sorry. Uh, he was down a lap. I was looking at the wrong line. But he's still 12th. Not better than second to last. So, uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see the improvements that he'll make moving forward, too. And one thing I was really impressed with, and you pointed this out earlier, Chaz, is uh, Lando, I'm sorry, um, it's Charles Leclerc finishing in second, and he led most of the race. And we'll get into the, the big story of the wreck here in just a minute. I know y'all two really want to dive into that. But I want to talk about how, um, I mean, he, he, was it like he led 50 laps, if I'm not mistaken? And it was the second to last lap where Lewis finally comes and overtakes him. It was most of the race, yeah. It was a really strong showing by Charles Leclerc. And to your point also, Carlos Sides came in six in the Ferrari. So that's two great showings for Ferrari. Now, they're still behind McLaren in the points, but this is a good showing for them, Jess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is a, a fantastic showing for Ferrari. I mean, they, they've been struggling. They haven't even been in the conversation, to be honest. Um, as far as like the constructor goes, because they've been uh, behind McLaren, 
Um, and even still, McLaren, I would say, arguably had a well, no, I, I would say it probably evens out as far as like who finished better, um, because McLaren and uh, you know had both of their cars finish in the top five, but uh, but Ferrari rounded out the the number six spot. So, um, yeah, I, I I I would definitely agree with you. I think Ferrari um, coming in a, a second place podium finish is a fantastic result for them. To the point, Mike, um, McLaren is still in third with 163 points, and Ferrari is uh, behind them at 148 points. So that's uh, making up some ground for them, but still far behind. So roughly about 15 points. And now, granted, this race in Hungary could really prove that Ferrari could make up some ground. Like, well, it's a, it's a Ferrari-friendly track for sure, so... Uh, if they can just, you know, what happened to Leclerc just really speaks to the power, the power of the the Mercedes automobile, the car that they're putting on that track. I mean, for Hamilton to have a five second penalty, then to come back out on the track and just reel Leclerc in like that. I mean, it took him a, a, a while to get there, but he got there, and that's just a testament to the engineering of the Mercedes to to, to catch up to him. Kind of hoping it was a 10-second 10, 10 penalty, and maybe Leclerc could have pulled that out because that would have been cool to see a Ferrari in first place just for the historical, uh, you know, nostalgia. Get a Ferrari in, in P1, but P2 for him is that's pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, actually, we're going to get into the story here in a minute because it's just breaking too that uh, Red Bull tried to go to the stewards again and get the 10-second 10, 10 penalty for Hamilton, and the stewards actually denied it. So we'll get to that here in a minute when we get to talk about the, uh, the wreck here. But um, coming out of Silverstone, Red Bull is still in the lead, but only by four points in the constructors. And as far as the driver's standings, Max is ahead of Lewis by 185 to 177. So this is a really close race, which we wanted to. And, Mike, I'm sorry. This is going to be the last race before the summer break. And we're going to have another three weeks of no racing, unfortunately. However, I just looked at the schedule. When we get back into the fall, there's going to be three times everyone have three races back to back to back. And if the third one, if Brazil stays in, that's United States, Mexico, and Brazil back to back to back. So we're going to have some fun racing over the fall. All in our time zones. All in all in our time zones. I love that. We could actually, you know, not wake up early and watch it. Mm -hmm. um, you have to wait for Chaz to watch his TiVo. <laughs> it takes me. It takes me a while. That's a blast in the past. Uh, but back to the points here. You know, it's a close race between uh, Max and Lewis as well as. Uh, Mercedes and Red Bull here. So um, going into uh, Hungary, coming out of uh, Silverstone, you think Max is going to be, you know, out for blood. And we're going to get into your quarter, quarter question here in a minute. But um, it's going to be exciting to see what we're going to be doing here uh, going into Hungary and just the anticipation because Hungary is also a fan of friendly track to Mercedes as well because – Lewis has won here many, many, many times before. But before we get to that, I want to talk about this story that's coming out of Alpine, that they decided to uh, switch off the development and focus on the new 2022 car. So they stopped developing the 21 car and focus on the 2022 car. And this is a 
um, story coming out of FormerOne.com. It says it is always a difficult decision for a Former One team to turn the laps off and develop on their current car and switch to 100% focus of the following year. But Alpine executive director has revealed ahead of the weekend's Hungarian Grand Prix that the French operation has done just that. And also while, and this is reported by Formula World here on YouTube that while it seems like Juan Alonso, who's actually his birthday today, congratulations, happy birthday, 40 years old, uh, second oldest on the grid. While he actually seems like he's moving up with Alpine race by race, it seems like Ocon is coming down. And it's also reported by Formula World that their C, uh, Alpine CEO, Rossi, uh, says that Ocon might not be world championship material, but he is a, definitely a good second driver. So with all this information, Mike, uh, where do you see Alpine for the rest of the season? Well, you know, if they're going to stop developing their 2021 car, that means just they're going to slowly slip down the pack, I think. Uh, they might even join Haas by the end of the season since Haas gave up before the season even started. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's obviously a money issue, but psychologically as a driver, if I know I'm in an inferior car, that's not going to be improved. I mean, what am I, you know, what am I doing really? I don't, I don't, I can't get into their heads, but, uh, you know, Alpine put in a couple of good showings there and, and now it seems like they're just kind of throwing in the towel and the season's what half, not even halfway, is it? No, have, no, no. Not even halfway. So I don't know how I feel about that. I, I just don't uh, – I think if you're going to spend that much money, you should go out and try to win every every weekend. Absolutely. But, however, just to play devil's advocate here, Chaz, uh, between fifth and seventh, where Alpine is in seventh place right now, it's only nine points. That's Alfa Torre 49, 48 with Ashton Martin, 40 at Alpine, and then it jumps down to Alfa Romeo in number eight spot and number two. Yeah, I mean, before I get into that, I, I want to first acknowledge uh, the the words of Laurent De Rossi um, about Ocon. Like, what the heck? Like, how? How? I mean, as a as a Formula One driver, I mean, you have to think about how competitive these guys are. These is this is a one percent of the one percent of probably the one percent right uh, of best drivers on planet Earth um, right now. And these guys have been the best everywhere that they've gone through every stage of racing since they've been kids. Uh, so to hear something like, you know, he'll be a great second driver. He's not world uh, championship material. Uh, he, he's never, Ocon is never, you know, like everyone else on the field, he's never not wanted to be world championship, uh, a world champion or thought that he could, right? Every single one of them has both thought they could and, you know, in the early years, has people have thought that they've been capable of it because they've been the best of the best of the best. So um, even if you believe that to be true, saying it is ridiculous. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, I, I used to say it a lot in, 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 you know, the past seasons, but that's where leadership really plays a huge role. Um, because saying that publicly is so ridiculous, <laughs> so stupid. Um, even if you think it, you, you just shouldn't say it. Um, to your point, though, Brock, I think, you know, we're talking about nine points here uh, and it, it really becomes a question of what are you really fighting for? So Alpine's in, in seventh right now. 
um, the the top of the the pack, I guess, in the middle is Alpha Tori with forty nine points. So, um, and then the jump to fourth is ninety nine points, right between Alpha Tori and uh, Ferrari in the fourth spot. So, what you're actually fighting for is fifth at best. Um, you know, Ferrari's now now finishing in the podiums, so you're not going to catch them. Um, so you're really you're, you're competing for fifth. What does fifth mean? Right. In the grand scheme of things, it means nothing. So for this season, the best possible outcome for you isn't an outcome that actually matters. So I, uh, I, I kind of see where they're coming from to, uh, to just pump this season and see what they can figure out for next season. Start to start to get a little bit of a head start. Well, to your point, too, uh, they're going to double double points here or two pointers here. One is uh, at this point last season with um, Renault, they were actually a good mid-tier team. Mm -hmm. They were like fourth or fifth at this point last season. And they finished about fourth or fifth last season. So coming down like this to seventh is not a good um, transition for them to Alpine. But however, uh, talk about Ocon, they must saw something in them, in him, to give him a three-year contract. Now, granted, contracts are meant to be broken, but in order to give him a three-year contract, Jazz, you have to see something in that driver, not just a second-tier team or a second-tier driver. I mean, he, he's been a good driver. I, I, I mean, people used to the way uh, we used to talk about Ocon. Um, Back when they were forced India, uh, I mean, he was a good, up and coming, solid driver. Now, to be completely frank, there are always, by virtue of the fact that there are two drivers, there's always going to be a less successful driver uh, on every team, right? Um, and it is helpful when there's a hierarchy to it. I mean, we've seen how. You know the the Verstappens and, and Ricardos, and we we've seen how the Rossbergs and Hamiltons have played out when the when the you know first driver isn't necessarily clear. Um, I just think that when you're dealing with these best in the world drivers and their egos, saying it publicly is ridiculous. I mean, you you've never heard you've just never heard you know Mercedes say that Botas is the second driver, and they never will because Botas. Is a guy. I mean, you've seen how how passionate he is, and, and uh, even watching his drive to survive, he he genuinely thinks that he can beat Hamilton. He is severely misguided in thinking that, but <laughs> but you don't want you don't want to to hurt his ego uh, because you, but because his belief that he can come in in first is what keeps him securely in second, right? Yeah, and 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 makes him competitive against Verstappen, and you want that. So even saying that, you know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. And especially to your point, uh, Brock, especially if you sign this guy for a couple of years um, to come, why would you want to hurt this man's ego? Exactly, Mike. To you, um, to you, man. I'm just, uh, and I'm sorry, I've been like going through my old notes here, and I pulled up even before the season started our picks for constructors for the uh, year. And Mike, you have Alpine at number nine behind Alfa Romeo. 
Can you still believe in that? Well, yeah, now they gave up. <laughs> <laughs> they might not even make nine. <laughs> well, the way um, Williams is running, they're running pretty good. Alfred Romeo's running pretty good. So it may happen. It may well, happen. Williams, Williams and Haas both have no points today. Yes. Yeah. But it's still not even halfway through the season. So, I mean, a lot can happen. With improving Williams and an Alpine giving up. So we could see some swatch, switching around in the midfield here pretty soon. Outside of outside of uh, McLaren and Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe. switching from uh, Ocon at Alpine to Gasly at Alfatori, our Twitter question a couple weeks ago, you get uh, guys voting 55% that – Pierre Gasly will stay at Alpha Tori. Twenty about twenty six percent he'll go to McLaren, and about almost ten percent is split between Alpine and Williams. So, for the majority of it, he will stay at Alpha Tori, which I agree with that because he wants, you know, proper demand. He's not going to get that Red Bull seat, but he really wants it there, Mike. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I think he earned it. I think he earned it. They should give it back to him, to be honest with you. Uh, he's, actually, he, he's actually number nine in the points with 39 points standing. Yeah. Yeah, but he's also in an Alpha Tory. Put him in a Red Bull and see what he could do. You know, he had that seat for a while, and they bumped him for Alex Albon, which after he had a couple of bad races, and I don't didn't necessarily agree when that happened. But his body of work in an inferior car up to this point, I think he's earned that seat back. Jazz? Um, as much as it pains me to, I actually agree with Mike. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I There's think, hope. There's hope. <laughs> no, I, I mean, he's, he's in ninth, but, um, but he's also only behind – the the other cars that are better than his right so he's in ninth because there's four um the top four teams and their eight drivers are ahead of him so basically he's better than every other driver on the the field that isn't a red bull mercedes mclaren or ferrari which can you expect anything else from him uh that being said um, where would he go, right? If he's already the best of um, all the other teams, well, the only place for him to go would be to a better team. And are there spots available for him on one of those top four teams? And I don't know that there is. No, and, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Chaz, that uh, if there's any other team outside Alpha Tori that I can see Gasly going to and fit in that system pretty well, it will be McLaren. I think he uh, is a very good – I hate seeing second driver, but he's a really good second driver when it comes to like top teams like a Red Bull or McLaren. And See, we can call people a second driver. Okay. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> we're not <laughs> – <laughs> uh, we're, not, we're not Christian Horner here, so we can do that. Um, but, Mike – uh, would you see him 
possibly go into another team and fit well, like another team, like a McLaren, per se? You know, <clears throat> I think he would do well in any of those teams, McLaren, uh, Ferrari, Red Bull. Uh, just get him in a better car because what he's done with the Alfa Tori car is so, it's superhuman, really, if you think about it. Uh, just staying in the pack and, and staying in the top five or six every race, battling for position. I mean, he's driving the hell out of that car. So give him a better car. Uh, McLaren would not. McLaren would would do well to get him, and uh, but I could see him easily slide into a Ferrari seat. To be honest, Ferrari. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen because Ferrari's got two very good drivers. But he could he could slide into one either one of those seats and be instantly more successful. It wouldn't have to take a Hamilton crash or a penalty to get him into the top three. <laughs> You know what? What like I don't know that people have really been talking about, but I'm curious, just kind of like thinking about it in real time. I I wonder if Red Bull is toxic at all, like their environment, because the number of drivers that they've gone through in the last two years has been pretty uh, pretty insane. Um, the or the last two and a half seasons. Has yeah. been pretty insane, uh, and that can't be a, a good environment. I mean, Mike's kind of alluding to the fact that that Gasly could do pretty good on a lot of other teams. I think he's a good driver. I think I, I do think that he's a solid driver. And the fact that you know you've had these um, drivers who are good drivers not be able to perform well in the uh, the Red Bull ecosystem. Um, I don't know whether it's Red Bull. I don't know whether it's Verstappen. I don't know whether it's just the dynamic that exists there and, and people not being able to deal with the, you know, the clear number one status that Verstappen has. I, I don't know what it is, but it does seem like it's not working. And I don't know whether there's some toxic uh, environment stuff going on there. Well, and, and to kind of add to that thought, you know, yeah, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm kind of agreeing with Chaz here. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think I think right now Red Bull is pushing Verstappen. It's his show, and they want a good, even though they don't want to say it either. They want somebody that's going to be solid, but not but not distracting. You know, when if it comes down to two cars at P one and P two, and Verstappen's one of them, and the other ones is the other Red Bull driver, they want that Red Bull driver to back off. Mm-hmm. That they don't want him to race for stopping because they're pushing him for the world championship and the constructors championship, and and as rightly they should. I mean that's that's a good that's it's not like they're taking a substandard driver and propping him up. Verstappen is really good and probably doesn't need that type of environment, but the fact that they're providing that for him uh, just gives him that much more of an edge. Uh, I'm not saying Gasly. Uh, but Gasly, when they pulled him off of Red Bull, wasn't even in contention in the top 10, so he wasn't in a position to help Verstappen. So they needed somebody like Albon to go in there, and he did. He did the job he was supposed to. He disrupted P2 and P3. He got in the way of Botas, got in the way of Hamilton, you know, and 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 uh, cleared the path for Verstappen, and he did the job that a teammate was supposed to do in that situation. And I think uh, – 
so they're not looking for guys that want to be world champions. They're looking for guys that want to, that are good enough to be a team player, but not so good that they're going to disrupt the king. I.e. Botas. I.e. Botas. Yeah, Botas about done with Mercedes. I think he's because he's good enough where he could go to another constructor and be their number one driver. Mm. I think. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't play well in his favor that they switched cars and he still couldn't beat Hamilton. But I'm just saying. <laughs> well, Ricardo, Ricardo thought that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about this a, a few weeks ago too. That and Chaz, to your point, that there's so many drivers in that second seat within so many uh, many years at Red Bull. Uh, started with Ricardo, then it came to Gasly, Albon, and and now uh, Perez. And we talked about this too. Is that second seat really cursed as far as, you know, not really getting performance out of there, you know? And, but like to your point as well, is I think they just wanted that second seat to help Max win that championship. And I think Sergio right now at number five, only four points behind Botas at number four is really is actually helping Max to an extent. Well, not in the last couple of races, but I mean overall this season, he's helping Max. Am I wrong in that explanation? Explanation there, Mike? No, I, I think you're right on. I think he's he's doing the job that they hired him to do, and he's doing it well. How about you, Chess? Um, we're we're still talking about. Um, the second seat of Red Bull. I think uh, Sergio's helping Max the most of all a, a bunch. Yeah, I mean, a couple races, but I mean, overall, this season. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think he's doing, um, I'm doing, I think he's doing the best that he can, but I think he's supposed to be doing better. So, um, I mean, if we're, we're talking about, so for example, um, if Perez was performing better than or as good as Norris is right now, which he should not be getting beat by Norris in the construct in the drivers' championship, um, not in his Red Bull. So mm-hmm. if he was he was performing as well as um, Norris is, um, that well then Red Bull would be further ahead of of Mercedes, and they wouldn't be in striking distance for uh, you know in this upcoming. Uh, race. So I d- actually don't think that he's doing as well as he should, uh, she should be doing. Um, the Red Bull's goal is to outperform Mercedes, not to be competitive with them. Uh, they don't see themselves as a number two team trying to get into the number one spot. They see themselves as a constructors, uh, you know, and, and drivers championship winning team. Um, and I don't think that Perez is really, you know, putting the putting the heat to Mercedes that much. I mean, he's putting the heat to Botas, um, who's also underperforming. You know, he's in fourth at the in the drivers' championship right now, um, also behind Norris. I mean, it's, it's just neither one of those guys are doing well. Um, I don't think either one of them is going to walk away and be like man, I really like, I'm really happy with my season <laughs> uh, or, and I don't think their teams will either. 
mostly because of, of how well Norris has been doing. He's really just like disrupted the flow. If he wasn't in there and it was, you know, exactly the same, but Norris wasn't there, I think everyone would be like, would be like, okay, those guys are, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. But the fact that, that Norris is, is throwing everybody off and he's in third in the standings is really showing everybody else, not just that he's outperforming his car, but that they must be underperforming on their cars. That's actually giving me a good thought right there uh, for the Twitter question of the week. Will Perez surpass Lando by the, by the year's end in uh, driver's points? It's possible. <laughs> hey, nine points separate the three right now between Lando, Valtteri, and Sergio. So, You know, a couple of pit maneuvers, who knows? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I am just trying to get y'all riled up a little bit for our next discussion, which most likely will probably take uh, an hour to discuss here. Uh, we've only got about 10 minutes, so. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do here. Uh, our next Twitter question, was it Hamilton's fault at Silverstone? I'm going to read this right off here. Going down to the decimal point here, 66.7% said yes out of you guys. And I just want to read this right quick. Mike, you, um, thank you for uh, responding on Twitter, by the way. Um, you said, yes, yes, it was. It was pretty and uncalled for. Max will be out for blood this weekend. So I'm going to start with you, Mike. Since we discussed like a length off the air, like 20 minutes on this discussion off air, but I just want to get your opinion on this. Was it Hamilton's fault? Absolutely, it was Hamilton's fault, and there's a history of it. This wasn't the first time this maneuver, he did this. This wasn't the first time it was in a tight race where he had to gain an advantage, and he, he was penalized all three times. So, you know, you don't get penalized if you're innocent. Actually, to that point, it's um, – and this is the breaking news I pointed to, to out earlier. Stewart's dismissed Red Bull's request for review in Hamilton's British Grand Prix penalty because Red Bull actually wanted a 10-second penalty on Hamilton, a, a new 10-second penalty on Hamilton coming up in uh, uh, Hungary here. Uh, and they have four pieces of evidence. One was the GPS data of both Hamilton and Verstappen's car. GPS data drawing various alleged comparisons with the line between Hamilton and was passing Charles Leclerc for the leader in the race in the same corner. Chaz, uh, i just give this to you here in a second, but you gave us a video of that uh, ghost line of Hamilton and Leclerc compared to Hamilton and Verstappen in the same corner. Uh, the third one is alleged lap, sim uh, lap simulations of the incident. And the fourth one, and Mike, you talked about this off air, is what described as a reenactment of Hamilton's lap Silverstone based on the lap alleged driven by Alex Albon and their crash uh, a year ago. So, but Stewart's, in a sense, have dismissed this Red Bull request. Now, Chas, to you, was it Hamilton's fault at Silverstone? Uh, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote uh, the late great Harvey Dent in the 2008 classic Dark Knight: You either die a hero. Or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh man! Come on, man! 
There goes our monetization there, Mike. Thank you. Uh, well, I would like to uh, quote uh, <laughs> APD officer uh, Marlon Hendrickson, circa 2008. Uh, hey, Sarge, can I pit him? Can I pit him? <laughs> no, I, it, it's, it's, it's so crazy because um, people are immediately asking, the, I mean, it, literally the Twitter question, immediately when it happened, everyone's like, like, oh my gosh, it's Hamilton's fault, right? Like it's Hamilton's fault. Like he, 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 he keeps doing this. Uh, they look back at <clears throat> what's happened in, in past races or past crashes, I'll say, where to be honest, um, whenever you get into one of those scenarios, it's just as likely that Hamilton would have spun out as it was that anybody that, you know, anyone that he got into an altercation with it's like, no one is that good. I mean, he's, he's very, very, very good. He has a pinpoint control of where his car is at all times, but no one's so good that they can crash someone else without crashing themselves with a hundred percent certainty. Right. Um, mm -hmm. We've known him to be a very concerned calculated uh conservative driver i mean this is the guy who who talks about or complains about his his tires um every single race even when he's 10 seconds 20 seconds ahead right like he's a very concerned conservative driver he's not going to take the risk of, of crashing which it is just as much a risk for him as it is for anyone else um he's not going to take that risk if uh you know, if he knows that, that, that his car is at risk too. So I, I just, it just seems um, like a ridiculous claim made by ridiculous people. No, I'm just kidding. It, no, it seems like a ridiculous claim, but, but, it, but it really is because it's easier to see for, uh, Hamilton as a villain, even though temperamentally, Verstappen is way more of a villain character, right? Like he's way more aggressive. He's way more hot-headed uh, than Hamilton will ever be. Hamilton's always cool, calm, and collected. Um, and yet we, we've we just seen him be a hero for so long that we kind of want to see him do something bad. So we kind of put that on him. Well, actually, um, I never do this because we all know each other and we don't really need it. But I just want to show our display names here and I just because whatever you all you just said about the villain Chaz I just want to show you your display name here <laughs> all I can say is the first time it's an accident the second time it's a coincidence the third time it's intentional so two Albon crashes and a Verstappen crash all similar situations all similar maneuvers you know, let's see let's, if it happens a fourth time. And, and like I said, he was penalized in all three incidences. He, he received a penalty. So you don't penalize somebody who's innocent. I mean, well, first off, as a black man, I resent that. Secondly, uh, first time, second time, third time. I mean, tell my ex-wife that she cheated three times and said it was an accident. too. So, I mean, I, all, all around, Mike, I just think you're wrong. Okay. You think I'm wrong? I mean, I don't think it has anything to do. I mean, the only race it has to do with is the car, the car race. But uh, uh, 
no. We'll I, see. You know, Verstappen's out for blood. I think this is one of the things now that he's going to be laser-focused for the rest of the season. It's kind of like uh, – and I always go back to these examples because it's such a good example. It's kind of like if you want if, if you want uh, uh, another Super Bowl out of Tom Brady, just tell him he can't do it. Hmm. Get in his way. Accuse him of something, you know – Give him something to latch on to to motivate him, and I think Verstappen is pissed, and uh, so he's going to come back with a vengeance, and it's going to be it's going to be a fun rest of the season to watch for sure. But you know, if it happens again under similar circumstances, then we'll have our answer. Well, I will say, I will say that I don't even if it does happen again, then I would say that it's kind of due to happen because in in this might seem like uh, counterproductive but uh, to, to my argument, but I actually don't think it is. Um, I don't think that, that 10 seconds is quite enough. Because um, to be honest, like if you're out ahead uh, and you're winning the way Mercedes is and you have the chance to knock off your only closest competitor, what's 10 seconds? Even if he comes in second place, he's still get, getting ahead by a lot because we're stopping gets zero, right? Yeah. So, um, so it's still worth it, right? Uh, so even if you, if you necessarily lose the race, you still, I, I mean, he's not going to get, um, so if he comes in, in, uh, yeah, if, if he comes in, in second place, for example, um, he's not going to gain 18 points. He's not going to come 18 points ahead of Verstappen if Verstappen finishes the race, period. If he finishes, he's not going to go 18 points ahead. He can come 18 points ahead if he gets a 10-point penalty, comes in second, but Verstappen doesn't finish, right? Um, and that goes the other way around, right? Like if Verstappen were to do it to Hamilton, the same thing would be the case. And I don't think that that's – I don't think for that reason, I don't think that 10, 10 seconds is enough of a penalty to really be uh, a, 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 a real deterrent um, because there's so much at stake there. And so, and, and, to be, and to be clear, and to be clear, I don't think Verstappen would have an opportunity to do this because you have to pit maneuver from behind. On that note, <laughs> how, how many uh, how many world champions how many how many world championships does Verstappen has? One this oh, year. Oh. <laughs> I'll wait. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> on that note, let's go ahead and preview uh, hung, the hungry, Hungarian Grand Prix. Sorry. Can I give you my picks? Because I have to go. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. Got Verstappen. I think Perez is going to come in second. Gasly third. Wow. Okay. And Lewis Hamilton will have, will be, will have a 20-second penalty for <laughs> throwing tire rubber at <laughs> Is that your extra prediction there? For, for, swap out swap out Gasly with Botas. Okay. So Verstappen, Perez, Botas. What's your uh, extra prediction? Was that the Lewis Hamilton twenty second penalty? No, I got I got to stay with uh, got to stay with my boy Russell getting in the points. Okay. He already achieved the Q one. Now I got to get him in the points. Wait, I got those extra points for uh, for my Norris prediction too, right? Yes, you did. So what is the standings right now? Mike at 274, Chaz at 258, and I'm, once again, I'm up the rear at 229. 
Peter. Peter. That's okay. It's still a long season. I just want to point this out right quick. The last time Lewis Hamilton did not win uh, Hungary was back in 2017. So he has won all year. And 2020 and 2019, Max came in second. Uh, 2020 was by 18 or eight seconds. And 2019 was roughly about 17 seconds. So he's making up some ground. So we'll see about that. Um, Mike? He's going to get pole. He's going to get pole. He's going to jump out in front, and no one's going to touch him. Mm. Okay. With you, that, can't get, you can't get pit maneuvered when you're that far out. <laughs> so with that, Chaz, what you got for us? There you go, guys. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us, Mike. All right. See you next week. All right. Uh, I got Hamilton uh, versus Stop and Botas. And my uh, my prediction is that my prediction is Leclerc will come in fourth. Mm. He has been he has been doing pretty well, so we'll see how it goes. Very sporadic, though. Very sporadic. My picks boring as always. I have Max coming in first, Lewis. Followed by Sergio. Now I did a little differently here, though, as far as my extra prediction. Uh, since he does well at this track, I say that Vettel will finish in points. Mm, okay. He does really well on this track, so he has um, finished before um, 2019. He has finished consecutively in the top ten. So we'll see how that goes. And um, also. I just want to point this out since we're recording this right now. Uh, two weeks ago, Mike gave us his picks after we posted this video. Mm -hmm. So we had to go with his original points. So he got zero points in Silverstone. So that's why he stayed at 274. But Chaz, you're the only one that actually made up some points over the weekend at Silverstone with 45. That's why I'm a leader. Okay, with that said, <laughs> we'll see how everything goes in Hungary. And uh, once again, this is going to be the last race um, going into the summer break. So actually over the August, we're going to try to find out, come up with some new, exciting new shows for you guys. So hopefully stay tuned for that. Not only the What If series, but we have some other shows in uh, the works for you as well. But with that, we'll uh, bid you adieu. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, at Former Racing. Email us if you have any topic whatsoever, theformerracing at gmail.com. Please hit that like button, subscribe to stay informed, and give us a comment down below as well. And we'll see you next time right here on the F1 Starting Grid. See you guys. <laughs>